Hello and welcome back to another edition of Checking In. This afternoon I have in studio with us Reese Tomlinson from RWT Growth, one of the founding partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you very much for, thank for, you for having me. Yeah, coming on in. Uh, I did a little bit of uh, Sherlock Holmesing before sure. you came in. Uh, I got to take a peek or a run through your LinkedIn bio. Yeah. And uh, to say that you're uh, an avid pursuer of education might be a little touch <laughs> yeah, of an yeah. understatement. Yeah. So uh, I think the span goes from about 2003 to 2016 plus. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Learning. Well, I believe in continuous education, so yeah, so it works for me. Very deep or driven into uh, business, entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. uh, and then you stepped into uh, CMA, so yeah. prior to CPA, and, and again, yeah. the, the lens that I have with CMA very much um, change agent, so coming in and making a difference, not just yes. pencil pusher and numbers and report, and I didn't mean that negatively or derogatory to anyone that's an accountant but um yeah so would love to hear reese if you could if you could share with people you're in Kelowna and i would argue that you're like big to be in Kelowna so there's a connection about that but there's a connection Kelowna london yeah yeah uh i'd love to know the why on that um but would love to know what what has you uh, here in Kelowna. Sure. Yeah. No. Here? No. Thank you. I mean, um, well, a few reasons. So I moved to Kelowna in 2014, mm-hmm. um, and I helped co-found a business called Introline, which is actually based here and based out of uh, the UK. It's a cosmetic uh, medical company. So I, I'm not no longer that involved, but the company's doing really well. Uh, Terry Fraser, who runs it, is doing great, uh, and and Lisa Fraser too, and. Um, yeah, so, so, you know, really from then, I kind of fell in love with the place. Um, I have family here, and, uh, I, you know, it's one of the few places I've been to globally where you every time you come back, you go, wow, this place is beautiful. And so I've had the pleasure of, you know, traveling a lot for work. I've traveled around the world. And, um, yeah, every time I come back, I go, wow, like, this place is amazing, you know. And, and that's, I think, a really good sign that you're living in a great spot. Right. Um, and then, you know, fast forward to kind of where, where I am now, a couple of years ago, I just decided that this is really where I want to set up, you know, my, my, my main focus, which is my uh, company, RWT Growth. And I wanted to, you know, put put the city kind of on the map for what, what we do, at least. Um, and, and it was kind of pre-COVID, I had a philosophy that, you know, you could do uh, investment banking services remotely. You didn't have to be in New York or Toronto or London or, you know, Hong Kong or San Francisco. You could do that based out of, you know, a relatively small, unknown area. And at first, really everyone would ask, like, where where are you calling from and what are you doing and can you come here and meet with us? But COVID has been a bit of a blessing for us in that sense where it's actually kind of shown the world that we can compete from here. Isn't that interesting? But with that, we have have an office in London, UK. So we have a counterpart there. One of our partners is there. Um, So so we have a great kind of setup of of two continents and um, it works really well for us. Yeah, it's really good. I love that. So the, uh, I'm curious on the, the business that you founded, the in, Interline business, so yep. that cosmetic company, was that the connection? That was a connection that got London? me into London, yeah. So it was not something I ever thought I would be doing. It was like, you know, kind of living part-time and, and working there for years. But 
um, we found a product line that was based out of Europe and okay. you know needed to kind of invest in it and build it and given that we had approvals for the product that we bought throughout Europe we wanted an English speaking nation so we thought uh, you know the UK would be the place to do it and then fast forward um, you know, my, my business partner Deepak is based out of London mm-hmm. You know, we, we got to know each other, I think, in like 2015. I've been doing business deals since. Um, and he's an ex-senior partner investment banker from HSBC. And we just really clicked as business people. And that's just kind of led to, you know, business deals that originating out of there, us doing deals with different groups out of, out of the UK and Switzerland and Europe. Um, and so it's really worked out well. But it's been something that's quite interesting where it's it kind of just evolved. It, you know, I, I think my entire career has kind of been like that where it's, I kind of had. I knew. I, I knew the direction I wanted to go. It kind of had its own course along the way, which was has been really fun, been really exciting. And so, do you grow up in accounting, finance, business? No. Did you no. grow up entrepreneurial? I, I I would say yes, entrepreneurial. I always kind of had like little kind of businesses I wanted tried to start Still as a kid. Stand. Yeah, like you know, snow snow clearing back in Winnipeg for like five dollars a driveway, which was you know. In retrospect, a horrible idea, <laughs> but uh, you know it was a good taste in it, right? And then, I, and I, I always wanted to be in, you know, just in business. And I, um, yeah, you know, I, I went to a college in, in similar probably to uh, Okanagan College, like a two-year okay. college program. Yeah. Quickly moved to Calgary, continued my educations while working, uh, moved up within the company I was with, and then you know, kind of got into the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial path. But for me, it was just about, yeah, I wanted to do something. I felt that I could, and. Um, I, I made the leap. So that the positions that you held, the CEO, um, so first the the general manager at M and L General Contracting, mm-hmm. and then the CEO at M and L General Contracting. If I match that over to your education path, was was that the space where? you saw maybe challenges that a company was having or maybe missed opportunities? I think that- a bit of, yeah, a bit of everything. I mean, I, I uh, got involved with the company. I bought into the company. I owned a large portion of it. I mean, I did stuff that I, in retrospect, wouldn't do. It was my yeah. first, crack at, first crack at running a business. Um, and we had some very big challenges, you know, in the general contracting industry. It's not easy. I, I got into that business because I put myself through school doing construction. And then I got into a... Uh, uh, a company that's kind of in construction oil and gas so I just was kind of ingrained in it and it, and it was something that was um, for me like growing that business was a lot of fun it's a very yeah. challenging industry I still think it's probably one of the more challenging industries and now I've had exposure to a wide variety of them but um, yeah you know I, I learned a lot but what was interesting is I got to apply my what I was learning my MBA directly so it was a very, very good learning ground of like what actually works in the real world. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, I, you know, up, upon completing my MBA, decided to do the CMA. Mm-hmm. You know, I was still going to school. I, I was still going to school at night. I was used to working kind of those long days and long hours. And I thought, well, may as well. I'm still pretty young. And um, that was really interesting because, as you said earlier, that's more management based, right? So the CMA, mm-hmm. I mean, it used to used to stand for management accounting. Um, and what that really means is like, how can you dissect numbers of a business to actually help run a company and improve mm-hmm. its operations versus, you know, tax accounting, which is what most people think accountants are doing. Mm-hmm. So that's what really gravitated to me because I was more interested in, you know, leadership and like how, how strategically could you position a company to do well. And for me, numbers were a big, big portion of that. But surprisingly, I actually wasn't great at math and in high school and stuff. I wasn't someone who was excelling in that area. Um, but it's just something I've come to really, really love. But see, I find that interesting and I hope that's a message to 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 people that are trying to find their their career path 
you don't have to be good at math uh, to go into accounting because I think when I when I met you recently and I've I mean again I get to work with a hundreds and hundreds of, of different business owners and operators in, in different sectors and verticals and you are different uh, you you bring um, a real passion for the business mm -hmm. uh, and helping um, transition or yeah. scale up that business and it's not running to the accounting documents to do that yeah. so um, I think that's interesting that you pursued CMA mm -hmm. uh, not being strong in numbers I just well yeah it, it, it's probably something I wouldn't have done if I didn't I wouldn't have done my MBA because during the MBA program you have a, like a management accounting at least at the time a management accounting section of that program at that point, that's kind of where I was like, ah, this makes a lot of sense. Like, this is all mm -hmm. really, really valuable for a leader. Um, and I, I think those that that function kind of gets overlooked, right? Like, you hear of accounting, you're like, ah, tax accounting. I mean, you know, I've, like, I don't, I don't even do my own taxes. I hire, yeah. you know, accounting firms to do it. But it's it's one of those things where it's like it's 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 for a different type of person than I was at least. And um, but what I've quickly learned is that numbers can be your friend within a business because you can actually see how things are going and you can track information that can help you make decisions. Absolutely. You know, both as a forward indicator and as a, as a, a liking indicator. So uh, for me, that was something I just, I've, I've applied in every business I've, I've, I've been involved with since. We work with our clients kind of on that premise. Um, and it, it, it's something I am passionate about, absolutely. So the, the, the core of what you do, uh, and again, I'm, I hesitate saying it because I think people immediately come to a judgment of what it is mm -hmm. and and I, I really want people to pause and not uh, shut the video off or go, oh, that's what it is and leave. So mergers and acquisitions. Yeah. Uh, again, if and I mean, I mean, far be it from from me to think that we're all that in mergers and acquisitions, but I do know when I go to the numbers, I can see in our financial uh, numbers, I can spot it the mm. years that we acquired a company and what that did in that moment in that acquisition, but then what it did in scaling up into a new level of yep, financial sure. ongoing. So, so I think um, I'd be curious to know if, if, many businesses look at acquisitions or mergers uh, as maybe as quickly as they might look at, oh, we need to bring out a new product line. We need to hire more salespeople. We need to sell more of our widgets. How common is it for, for a business to think of acquiring a company oh, to level up? I would say uh, for the average entrepreneur, it's not something that commonly crosses their mind. I, I mm -hmm. think it, it's kind of perceived as being like too complex, too expensive, maybe unaffordable, right? Uh, something that you know they just don't have the money to do. Um, and I think too, it just kind of scares a lot of a lot of you know executive teams and leaders and entrepreneurs because it's it's something where there is a bit of risk attached. Sure. But then I will say for the companies that seem to understand that, then it becomes a pillar of their growth where it's. Mm -hmm. Hey, we can grow via acquisition. There's a real benefit for us to doing, doing so. And you know, there's a there's a term that you kind of use within the accounting world for, for you know, an acquisition, which means there's a creative growth, right? And and what that really means is just that when you buy that business, the sum of the parts is actually greater than just the acquisition was. So if you're, it's it's not no longer one plus one is two, it's one plus one equals three, right? And so there's value then to the to the shareholder group behind it. So if you're buying that business. And many times you can actually create a lot of value for your business by doing an acquisition. 
Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's you know, a, a big part of our business is working with groups, you know, either buying and selling companies. But I would say that it's, it's certainly something that should be used more. I, I think that there's, you know, especially for small business, because there's, there's, there's a ton of programs and financing uh, uh, programs in place to do so. There's a lot of ways you can structure deals that are beneficial. Um, so, so yeah, it, it, it's, it's not as common as you think. So then, uh, that just, that had me do a little bit of a, a detour then. Fast forward COVID. Uh, I think it's a huge opportunity. Again, we're, we're hearing from businesses challenges around, um, employees getting staff getting people that even want to work yeah so so as you're the owner of that business you begin to um think that maybe it's too hard to climb that mountain and it's time to tap out and and pass the baton so i think covid has afforded um maybe some opportunities for some, some companies that are pro acquisition um yeah, no, well, absolutely. I mean, it, you know, one of the biggest things that we have right now, too, is we have a low interest rate environment, mm-hmm. um, you know, historically low interest rates. So that means that debt is cheaper than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. So in terms of your cost of actually borrowing money to buy a business, it's never been a better time to do so. It's mm-hmm. very, very cheap. Aside from that, yes, you do have companies that are, you know, sitting there kind of on the market that are, you know, I, I kind of refer to them as maybe just zombies, right? And the reason I say that is that you know, maybe the interest isn't there. They're still operating. They're still okay, but they're not really interested in growing it because, it was, you know, COVID hasn't been that easy or maybe they're looking to retire and they're kind of just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm around, we're operating, but we're not necessarily, you know, looking to grow, to reinvest, whatever that means. And so I do think that there's opportunity to buy these businesses at a good, a good rate, um, mm-hmm. a good multiple. And I think COVID is going to be quite interesting because I do think that acquisition will be a very good way of emerging from COVID as a whole for companies that are smart. And, and, and when I say smart, what I mean by that is like, you can acquire customers, you can acquire assets, you can acquire revenue streams, you know, without necessarily having to go and do it yourself, which can be very expensive and very time consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yes, my opinion is like, it's, it's a fantastic time. Mm. It really is. So on the, um, on the other side of that, when I was reading through your material, it became obvious to me, I kept seeing and hearing verbiage around, um, like restructuring of, of finances. And again, that's, that's, truly businesses just not knowing mm-hmm. and and I'm going to go back to my my long time ago banking days there were customers that could come into a branch and get a mortgage and not ask for bonus pricing interest mm-hmm. rates on the on the mortgage and therefore they wouldn't get it yeah. and then there was people that were savvy enough to know to ask and the bank doesn't give unless you ask, yeah, of course, yeah. right? So uh, I, I'm confident that there's those business people that that maybe maybe right now are sitting with uh, rates on on loans that that could be. Oh, absolutely! Be I mean, if you if you took out any kind of business loan, let's say two years ago, mm-hmm. chances are you can restructure it now cheaper. Um, mm-hmm. And we do that work with clients a lot, where we're we're actively looking to help them. Uh, we call it financial optimization, but work mm. with their existing balance sheet to figure out like, you know, can we save you money in terms of, you know, just, just your payments? Can we improve, improve and by doing so, improve cash flow and, and profitability. Um, and, and a lot of times it's all of it, right? Like, you know, it's all kind of tied together where, you know, we can look at something, like, you know, you probably have a better way of, of leveraging certain things to make it better for you as a business, just in, in, in many ways. 
Mm-hmm. And then, you know, obviously with that, yeah, that can just mean, hey, you're just making more visit, more money as an owner, but it also can mean you can use that additional cash to go buy businesses or buy equipment that's going to help you grow, right? So a lot of times, um, you know, that's what we're engaged to do. And it's, it's, it's stuff that we really excel at. And I think one of the areas that we add a lot of um, value, which kind of makes us unique, is that, you know, the, the partners we have on the team are all uh, entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Everyone has ran companies and started companies, so we understand what's actually going on. It's not just some like theoretical, you know, like we learned this in business school. And there's a you difference. Know, it's a huge difference, yes. So, you know, we, we've been able to kind of apply like real world lessons that we've learned, but also, uh, you know, our, our clients have learned um, across the board in all of our engagements. And, 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 it, and it's interesting because there's just so many more options than most people realize. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Are there. Um are there favorite customers that you look to work with? I mean, uh, some of the, again, the language that I was reading was uh, around insolvency or debt uh, rejigging to try and avoid uh, insolvency. So Yeah, well, I mean, we, we, like when, when I started the business, a lot of the work that we originally did was turnaround-related work, mm-hmm. uh, which tends to be actually very complex. It's, a, it's a harder for us to do. Mm. Um, that then kind of led to the notion of like, well, if we can help companies that are in distress, maybe we can help companies that want to grow or so just want to come wanna... upstream. Yeah. So, yep. so right now, you know, probably ninety-five um, percent of our work is actually with you know growing, like I would say, like growth stage businesses or acquisition-related work. Um, but we do some on the turnaround space still. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's, it's t- turnaround just tends to be a little bit more involved because there's a little bit more moving pieces to it. Mm-hmm. But um, we do work with a lot of companies that are looking to take on, you know, strategic debt for various purposes. Um, and, and sometimes it just means to improve the, the financial health of the business. Not necessarily turnaround, but it's kind of like, yeah, you, you need to do something. This is how you can do it. <laughs> so, Reese, in, in your um, profile, I also noticed um, present chairman of the board. So that's that's the interline work that you um, Yeah, I, I, I was. I'm not currently. You're but not I was, currently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are there uh, is there any mentorship work that you're doing with with uh, students or individuals? No, I used to looking? do I used to do a lot. Um, I'm certainly open to it. So if anyone watching this is, is looking for advice, I'm always willing to give it. I believe in I, I believe in just helping others. So yeah, absolutely. And it was self-serving. The reason that I asked that yeah. question, I had had an opportunity to to speak to a gentleman that is is looking at going down the the financial okay. path, and and I thought there might be a, an opportunity. Yeah, no, I'd love to. to. I mean, always happy to just answer yeah. questions on like what it actually means to be in this industry, right? I mean. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of I think uh, misconception regarding kind of like what someone in my position is doing day in day out and you know when you're in the finance world it's it, it sounds the same but there's actually like many different facets mm-hmm. um, and and so it's important to understand what that means it's no different than like like accounting for example like there's a lot of different things you can do with that or marketing there's a lot of different Absolutely. it's a ton of different avenues that you can go within that so 100% always willing to to, to help out there's a few uh, entrepreneurs in town that I've worked with throughout the years and. You know, talk to you regularly, and yeah, I love that. I, I love helping entrepreneurs. Like that is really why I do what I do. You know, to me, that's where the satisfaction comes from is, is seeing like someone take their business to the next level or get out of a situation they maybe don't want to be in. Like that's that's fun. And I do think that is probably uh, what's rooted your success, your passion for helping entrepreneurs, because mm-hmm. it makes a big difference. It makes a huge difference. Our our entire company has grown word of mouth. We've like like from day one, it's just been a slow spiral uh, to where it is now, where it's 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 literally just you know entrepreneurs and, and leaders and, and executive teams talking to other teams saying you should talk to these people. 
So I don't think you've followed, and not right or wrong, I don't think you've followed a traditional path. No. Uh, I think you've made it up as you've gone. Yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> very, very much so. Uh, so would you encourage others to follow the path that... Um, I think that I mean the, the the path that I that I kind of ended up on is it's challenging in some ways, which is that it's not really easy to start out per se, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it was something where like I was fortunate to have a network, mm-hmm. I was fortunate to have other sources of income, mm-hmm. because you know when you're first starting, especially when you're relying, you know, one one of the, one of the, maybe the challenges we still face. I know like we've kind of talked about this in the marketing world is that you know when people are uh, entrusting you with a very big business decision, sometimes these decisions are the single biggest financial decision of someone's life. They're, they're not really going to like go off of something they just find an advertisement on and just go, ah, oh, they, they seem like the perfect fit, right? It's normally, it's like, do you know them? Have you talked to them? What, how was your experience? Mm-hmm. So it ends up being like a slow build up. But with that, um, I would say, I mean, it's a lot of fun and it's very, like, it's a, it's a fast paced environment. I mean, our team, we have a, we have a yeah, great time and, and, you know, it's, it's fun solving complex problems. But with that, yeah, it's, 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 the career path is a bit more of a, of a longer road than you would maybe anticipate. But um, I don't know, you know, it's interesting. I think if you're an entrepreneur and you know, you started a, a few different businesses, it's a bit more of a meandering path than you would probably expect. And sometimes what happens is like, you kind of get into a business expecting you're gonna do X and then you're like, oh, actually the way that I'm gonna make money is this way. And then that then translates to another thing like that, right? So it's, it's, it's for me, that's kind of how it's, how it's been. Like everything I've done has come to a culmination of, of me being able to do what I'm doing at a very high level you know, and being very specific about what I do day in, day out. I try to focus on, on like a few areas, be an absolute expert on that. And my, my, my career has really pushed me in that direction inadvertently. You know. And I think that's being uh, considerate and listening to where you're, where you're enjoying what you're doing, where you're making that impact and where you're getting uh, validation of the success for that company mm-hmm. and then you want more of course. that and you want to do I mean, when I was, when I first started my career, like, you know, I was probably 20 years old. I remember this, uh, this recruiter was telling me that if you, if you love what you do, the money will follow. Right. And I was kind of thinking, well, like, sounds. sure, <laughs> you know, like it sounds, sounds kind of cheesy. Right. Um, but I think, you know, it, it really is a truth, like, because and the reason for that is that you end up becoming very, very good at it. Like if, if you love it, you persevere, you, you keep pushing mm-hmm. for it. You try to figure out how you can be better and you really do care about the outcome of your work. Um, and that's, I think, you know, really just where, where I've, I've come to. And it's kind of funny that when I was, when I was like, yeah, I think when I was probably when I was in, in college at Red River College, I remember being like, it'd be so cool to work in New York or, you know, somewhere like some, someplace where you're in like towers and that. And, and I was a, like from the prairies, had no connections, like investment banking, unfortunately, has a very bad reputation for nepotism. You know, generally, you know, it, it takes mm-hmm. a bit of knowing people to get into it. And, um, you know, I was kind of like, well, I guess you know, that's not my path, right? Like, I don't have those connections. And uh, sure enough, I ended up doing it. So it's, you know, it's something where I think if you just if you kind of believe in what you can do and you push forward and you're willing to learn and willing to get back up from the challenges you'll have, like, you can do well. But what I like is you've, you've put the stake in the ground. You've decided that Kelowna is going to be one yeah. of your places, not New York, not yeah. Toronto, not uh, wherever you've decided it's Kelowna and then uh, spin in COVID and, and now that, that, um, that shift in mindset and that acceptance that maybe location of business now isn't 
nearly as important as it was before and there's less judgment around it. I think so. Which I think lends to a, a really positive landscape. Well, for oh, for, for what we do, yeah, absolutely. And what, what's what's interesting is like prior to COVID, I mean, every call we would have, like people being in an office, you know, some financial center somewhere around the world, most of them throughout COVID, those same people were working remotely, like out, not even in the, you know, from home in that city, but like, oh, I'm back where, you know, I grew up and I'm spending yeah. time at my family's cottage or whatever, right? Yeah. And I think people have kind of started to understand that, you know, there can be such a thing as work-life integration. Like it doesn't really have to be like, you're gone all day mm-hmm. and you come mm-hmm. home at night to sleep mm-hmm. and you do that, mon- you know, Monday to Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my, my opinion and why we've, one reason we're investing here and we're adding people is like, I think we can attract you know, very good talent to Kelowna because the quality of life is really good. And that you can, you know, you can be in a situ- in a place where, you know, we can compete at a world-class level, which is what we've said from day one. Like, we're not trying to really compete with, you know, like, you know, the Okanagan. We're competing with firms in London and New York, and we, mm-hmm. we need to put out, mm-hmm. you know, materials and we present ourselves in a way that we can compete anywhere. Um, but I think we can we can build that that hub here, and that's what we're, we're, we're attempting to do. Well, I tell you, Reese, I know Kelowna's really lucky to have you in well, RWT growth. I don't know about that, but I mean, we, we're starting to get more more clients here too, which is great, right? Which is fun. Mm-hmm. And it's really fun being able to kind of be a bit more involved in that, that local local business community and seeing what we can do for clients and people. So it's good. Yeah, it's fun. Thank you very much for coming in and spending time with us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks.